Well, Caleb, it looks like we are on episode three of the podcast. It's so crazy. We've already gone three more episodes than I thought we would go. We're on a good roll. That's wild. Like, we're already three episodes in. The trilogy. Ah, which is usually the make or break, as we have discussed before with other movies. But I have good faith about this one. And speaking of make or break, and speaking of trilogies, (laughs) the Dark Knight trilogy is one of my favorite movies of all time. And we're going to talk about one of the best characters in media today, Batman. But also, we're here to talk about DC Comics today, because this is the DC episode. And not just the DC episode, but just the fact of how in the year 2020, the two of us just have a preference of DC over Marvel, which if for all two of you that don't watch superhero movies, that's a very weird take. I know you probably hear that and you're like, what? (laughs) Sounds like you're just yanking my chain there, buddy. But we love this is in 2002. Yeah. (laughs) But either way, today's podcast, we're going to talk about some of our favorite DC heroes and some of our comics, favorite movies. But also, we're going to talk about why we prefer DC. Don't tune out, please. Please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Trust me. We, you will understand why we, even if you like disagree with us in our, your entire being just disagrees with us. You will just, just listen. I, I trust, trust us. It will be worth your time. Speaking of fun DC things, I forgot to mention this to you actually before we started recording, but do you know what I saw the other day, Caleb? What did you see the other day? I saw Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. I heard about that. I haven't seen it yet, though. How is it? Do you want me to spoil a little bit for you? I mean, I'm okay with it. I have a feeling if it's what if it's based on what I think it is, I, I have a vague idea how it goes. Well, you know, like how people kind of like there's an unfair saying that like the like modern DCEU movies, they call them the murder verse because all the superheroes just murder everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a bit of a body count. (laughs) Imagine that, but flipped around on steroids all in one movie. Flipped around. So you're saying like the villains are the ones going nuts. It is the most horrifying superhero movie I've ever seen. <laughs> well, that makes sense. You got Apocalypse involved. So naturally, and I don't know, that's the planet, not the character. For those of you thinking I'm mixing Marvel and DC, I'm not. Uh, but Apocalypse War means you got Darkseid. Darkseid tends to kill people. Oh, and they kill almost everybody. That, I'm not shocked by that whatsoever. But I guess I, when I saw the cover, it's like scrolling through and I saw the cover of it, I see Constantine on the cover. I'm like, oh, if you have Constantine involved, it's going to be bloody and dark. But the thing is, like, I saw Justice League Dark when it came out uh, a couple years ago. I want to say 2017. And it was like, it was one of the first R-rated DC animated movies that they had. But it wasn't that bad. Like, I remember watching it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be super gross and graphic, and, like, they're going to go super hard. And then they actually showed some restraint, which I kind of admired, because I was like, most people in that position, if they get the go-ahead to just, like, throw in gore, they would just go ahead and do it. 
but yeah they didn't do that and i was like okay this is an interesting story like it's definitely dark and there is some gore but it wasn't like to the point of just being like gross and i can respect that this movie i was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> like i knew it was going to be intense and i was like yeah some people will probably go down like because i think this was supposed to be the last animated film that they had in the animated series the current animated series that's based off the new 52 which for people who don't know oh. the new 52 was like this major reboot for dc comics back in mm-hmm. i want to say 2011 i think it was 2011 so i was entering high school and that was when they started like rebooting it and i remember like they did everything different with the joker and well i mean that's just like the tip of the iceberg but they made aquaman (laughs) oh there's a lot that they did yeah they made aquaman a certified bad man i'm not gonna i i just remember (laughs) i can't curse on here (laughs) that's okay uh yeah i remember like uh they did some. They did a lot of things. They did some things good. They did some things bad, as with any reboot. But I kind of forgot that these animated movies are based off the New Fifty Two. So, congratulations! The animated movies lasted longer than the actual New Fifty Two did. I know, but I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna reboot everything because it seems like they're headed in a new direction. Well, that makes sense. That's kind of the whether it's Marvel, DC, IDW pick a company reboots are kind of just how they work dark horse comics yeah just pick one and like reboots are gonna happen uh and it makes sense most of the time sometimes they're dumb but yeah they're a necessary evil yeah sometimes sorry i I keep cutting you off i just get so excited oh you're fine (laughs) i think (laughs) they're headed in a new direction because I'm i'm not gonna spoil anything but like I feel like this kind of goes without saying it's like nothing's permanent in comics. That's such a big, like almost kind of rule that like, if you die, you're probably going to come back somehow. And I mean, the one exception would probably be like Yondu because apparently they don't want to bring Yondu back in guardians of the galaxy, which that's fine. Like that makes sense. It makes it more impactful, but on the scale that they just murder people in this movie is insane. (laughs) <laughs> like literally like 20 minutes in i was like oh my gosh like they've killed so many people because wow. they fla- they flash forward after they like just kamikaze into to apocalypse and you're like oh this can't possibly uh-oh and then it flashes forward and you're like where is everybody and they're dude it's just vicious like there's like i don't even know what to say like i I'm okay with dark stuff. Like, I think like darkness can be used really well to tell certain stories. And, you know, I love horror movies too. So like sometimes you yeah. know, like you're seeing it and you're just kind of like, yeah, that's there. But this yeah. is like certifiably like horrifying. <laughs> like, Which I mean, I, I know I haven't seen it, but I just, when I know who the main villain is in this one, it just makes sense. It is one of the single most gory movies I've seen this year so far. I'm not saying something, it's but absolutely <laughs> like it's so intense on a level like there's intestines and blood and guts and heads exploding and like, huh. oh, <laughs> like, huh. like I was the whole time I was watching it and I was like, nah, they will. Oh, oh. So they decided to be like, oh, we just released a Mortal Kombat movie. Let's top that. 
but I, it's pretty close, man. Mortal. I mean, the Mortal Kombat movie is definitely way more gross. I I've seen it. I liked it, but I've never seen so many brains in my whole life watching that Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> but this movie tries super hard, and there's in just, a good or bad way. Not in a bad way. There's there's moments where it's really good, and you find out that John Constantine and King Shark used to date, which is not something I ever thought I would say out loud. But <laughs> that's a weird thing to just throw in there. You tell me. I had to see that when I saw the movie. I was like, wait, what? Okay, I mean, I don't know a ton about Constantine. But I was like, none of his comics, I, he ever hinted at anything close to that. So, okay. Like, it doesn't bother me. I was just like, wait, what? Because they, like, they don't linger on it. He's just like, oh, there's my ex. And then King Shark winks at him, and I'm like, wait. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, it's, Lord. it's a lot, but it was pretty funny. And everyone as usual is great. Like they have such a great um, voice cast. There's a lot of people in there that are just really like they get into it. And the moments of like catharsis are really, really good. I'm so happy with it. I would say you should watch it if you feel up to the task because it is absolutely brutal. Okay. Well, uh, it depends on how they do it. If like, but I can definitely Worst comes to worst. I can see if there's some like some clips I can look at and then kind of judge based off of that. There's places to find it online, Caleb. I won't tell you <laughs> where, but you can find them. <laughs> but with that being said, also, if you're listening to this, purchase movies as much as you can. It's it's hard, especially for the whole industry around right now. Everyone's out of work and it won't hurt to buy a movie or to watch a movie. But anyway, we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> I really liked it. Give it a shot if you are really up to watching everyone you care about die in front of you, which is a really grim thing to say, but it's, it's well, <laughs> Marvel did it. Not like this. They didn't. <laughs> well, remotely like this. Well, no, I'm saying like they took everyone away from, of course they gave them, they gave them right back, but they were still willing to, let, to take everyone away. I'm like, all right, now think about it for a year. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Then we'll bring them back. Then you can have it back. Yeah. So, I mean, if people were cool with that, then, you know, this works just as fine. Just know it's bloodier. Exactly. Like a lot more. <laughs> like significant, like extreme hard R. <laughs> but either way, I, speaking of that movie, there's a lot of characters in that movie, classic Justice League members. And one of my personal favorites of all time, Green Lantern. I love him. Mm-hmm. And oh, he's so good. I heard a little rumor that HBO Max is going through with the Green Lantern core TV series, which I think is a really, really good decision. Oh, no, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, and I know some people have their opinions about how DC tends to have a kind of like different shows on all sorts of different networks. Mm-hmm. But I dig this because Green Lantern, especially since he's essentially a space cop, Means you can do a ton of stuff that does not involve Earth. That's true. And just have entire seasons where he doesn't even go to Earth. Or you have a split storyline since there's multiple Green Lanterns. I don't uh, think spe- they should keep any of it on Earth. Like, I mean, here and there, but this is like the perfect opportunity to explore stuff that they're not going to be able to have in the movie. Exactly. And that's and that's why I'm that's why I personally love that DC will just be like, 
okay, this show would not normally fit in the big chronological order that we're trying to put the movies in. Mm-hmm. So let's just put it over here and let it do its own thing. I love exactly. it. Yeah, no, I think it's a great decision. And I'm really glad to hear that they're going to focus on Jon Stewart. Because if there's anyone out there my age, 23, you probably grew up with the Justice League TV show, which does not have Hal Jordan in it, I believe. Well, it has him for like three seconds. Yeah, he, when he's they not ha- a main character. Yeah. And he's, yeah. uh, John Stewart's one of my favorites. He's really, really interesting character. And I really like the how different he is. He's a little bit more, he's not as much of a loose cannon or a show off. Which is really yeah. interesting because Green Lantern, like especially with like the Green Lantern power, it's probably super easy to just like, well, I can create anything with my mind, so I can just do whatever I want. And like, it he has like a certain restraint to him that I really kind of like watching on screen. And it's going to be curious to see him kind of like counteract, like because it's going to be Hal Jordan, and then it's going to be John Stewart. I think are the two main focuses. So no, no Guy Gardner. Boo. Well, that but, makes sense if the focus on those two. Right, it's the right call, but I'm, I'm kind of sad that they're like not introducing a lot of the like the newer ones. Well, Jessica Cruz would be cool. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, depending on how the show does, they could slowly introduce them in later seasons. And I'd really, really like to see like a Red Lantern spinoff. Oh, absolutely! Like, I mean, because there's so all the different colors, and then, uh. And I know, obviously, they couldn't full-on do Blackest Night because you'd have to suddenly cast every DC hero ever, and that would be difficult. But too much. they could find a way to make it... Well, I mean, if the Flash TV show could pull off Crisis on Infinite Earths, then they could find a way to pull off Blackest Night. Did it pull it off, though? I haven't seen it. So, <laughs> Well, I know they did it. They did the best they could, like, but they did cool things. Like, they brought in, like, Allville. The TV show. They brought in the guy who played Superman on that show mm-hmm. to like reprise the role one last time. They got Kevin Conroy to be Batman. They got like they did a lot of cool things. And I think and they I feel had, like uh, who they brought Ezra Miller in, didn't they? Yes. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. They referenced every well, pretty much anything they could, like, as much as they could squeeze in within budget and time restraints. They could. They did it. Even the uh, the Green Lantern movie, which happened <laughs> it's, it, it's a thing it, it's a movie that a lot of well not a lot of people but people saw and <laughs> apparently that happened on like a different earth because everything that they created is all in the same multiverse so there's this idea i think they kind of teased it in some of the marvel movies but the multiverse in dc is basically everything exists not within one shared continuity but with an entire collection of continuities, which is really smart because you can just keep rebooting everything you want. There's all these different possibilities. That's how we got Kingdom Come Superman, which is probably my oh, favorite Superman ever. He's so good. He's amazing. And I'm really excited for that because it, it I think also like the Joker movie might fall under that, but I'm probably just assuming. It's well, it's one of those things like you can it's kind of one of those like go to things you can well, not excuses, but things you can just immediately be like, oh, this is totally how they're doing. Right, so yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, like I, I get it, but I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it because it's a really interesting concept. And I'm hoping that, you know, it doesn't lead to too much like because we already have like the separate like the 
we have the CW universe, which is like the Flash and well, Arrowverse, I should say. That's the term that's most commonly used. But we have that. Then we have the DCEU. And then we also have uh, the Titans universe, which is like Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, RIP. I miss Swamp Thing. <laughs> that was a really good show, and I'm really sad they canceled it. But they have like, all these different universes, which not a bad thing, because the one thing that people kind of level at DC is that they have this goal of trying to be they're trying to connect everything too early. Yeah. Well, they're trying to imitate Marvel and it's like, no, don't don't. Yeah. You're different. Accept that. <laughs> yeah. And for a long time, it, they just would. Well, we kind of, I remember in the first episode I, when we talked about the dark Knight, like I hinted that that show did so, or that movie did so well, it kind of, it was like a curse for DC ever since. Yeah, it's like, like a bar that was just too high to reach almost sometimes. Yeah, and that's why, like, and just full disclaimer, we're going to talk about DC and how much we like it, but this does not mean we don't like Marvel. Believe me, one of my favorite groups is the X-Men. I could ramble forever about the X-Men. I love but, Marvel, too. Exactly. Well, this, but some people is like, well, if you don't love something as much as I do, you must hate it. Just want to quickly dispel that. Right. But, and um, I think that a lot of people are kind of... I don't want to say like new to it, but they're getting it like more ingrained in like the culture of like comic books, like comic book culture and like superhero fandom. And it's becoming more mainstream, which is cool. But it's also like you're seeing people who are starting to get more and more into it. And they're kind of doing the exact same thing that a lot of fans did <laughs> originally, which is like, oh, well, we have to choose a side, which isn't true. Because it's not a competition anymore. Like it's you should be excited for everyone's business. And I think that a lot of people oh, yeah. are kind of just a lot of mainstream people are getting more exposure to it, which is super exciting because it means we're gonna get more movies. But it's also like like, you know, I wish that you could see it the way that I see it. I know. And that, and I know that's like a it's a weird juxtaposition to be in. But it's just like um I don't know. It's like what I saw, what I've seen with like the, uh, the, the people who really, really like Marvel movies, which is totally fine. If you do, I've noticed it's like they only like the movies. Cause typically when you get super into something, you want to get, you want to read everything about it. It's like, for, like, and I know you could probably relate of like, you watch a justice league cartoon and you see the, uh, Batman begins a dark night. So you want to start reading the comics and playing the games and this, and like ex- absorb as much as humanly possible. Yeah, the people who like the MCU only like the MCU, right? Like, and I think a lot of that comes from maybe the fact that like comic books, it's kind of hard to find out where to start, really. Oh, to sum it up, and this is one of my favorite things I ever read online because I remember someone asked the magic question of how do you get started with DC and Marvel, okay. and someone goes, "DC, it's easy. You just read the Justice League." Whatever happens in the Justice League is whatever is currently the big, the big story you need to know about. Everything else, like if you and if you see a character you like, you can read Wonder Woman or Flash or Aquaman or whatever. And those are side stories. And if you like the side stories more than the main story, well, have at it. And that goes makes sense. It's nice and organized. Marvel, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard because it's like. I mean, they have Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's been one of their biggest... Uh, I'm trying to find the right word to describe well, it. Well, I think he is their biggest 
like he is cash by far i'm i didn't want to say cash cow because it's like you know it, okay or put it just like more way. profitable or like popular or he's their however. most popular yeah he's by far their most popular character and i think the only person that even comes second now is iron man and in terms of like single yeah uh because i think when you look up like the top five it, it goes spider-man x-men then iron man right and you know that's true the x-men have been around for a long time too there's just so many characters and it's so hard to find a place to start because you would just have like a plethora of places that you can go to. And the one thing that I really like about DC that I think that I don't want to say Marvel necessarily lacks, but DC has a way of creating really important central graphic novels where people mm-hmm. can just go, I can just go to those. And then you fall down the rabbit hole from there because their strength and because people are like, well, they only like it for Batman. Like, that's stupid. And I was like, that's not true. <laughs> like, Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. I mean, and you're right. I mean, if I fall behind where I'm, I hit a point where I'm like, okay, there's no way I can keep up with what's currently happening. Mm-hmm. I'll go check the graphic novels and be like, all right, I'll buy a couple of these and right. I get somewhat calm. Somewhat. Yeah. And the, uh, one of my favorite things about that was like, they they also have media that kind of exposes you to that in general. Like I started watching the Teen Titan show back when I was I was really young. I think I was like seven or eight when that started coming around. And after I finished it, I well, you know, that was my exposure to the Judas contract storyline, which is probably Teen Titans most famous storyline that doesn't involve. No, no, that's their most famous storyline, I think. No, it, it put them on the map. Yeah, it was like the New Teen Titans. That's when I started reading like New Teen Titans, which is by Marv Wolfman, and it's really, really, really good. It kind of created the Titans that everyone mm-hmm. like knows and really appreciates today. But I do believe, well, the Titans from, um, I'm sorry, Robin from the Titan series, the Teen Titan series, he's Dick Grayson, right? Yes. No, uh, it's difficult because in the cartoon, you kept thinking, I was thinking it was Tim Drake because he had the, you know, he uses a staff. Couldn't it be but then, Damien though? Or no, but then, well, Damien didn't exist back then. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but then it showed like some of his backstory and it showed a circus and, and people falling. I was like, well, that's Dick Grayson. Which are you? I think it's Dick Grayson, honestly. Well, well yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with Dick Grayson just for the simple fact that when they went to the, when Starfire went to the future, she found Nightwing. That's what I was like, gonna say. Dead giveaway. Yeah, I was like, "There's only one Dick. Gr- There's only one Nightwing, and it's Dick Grayson." Absolutely, no one else takes that title. Damian Wayne ends up becoming like, I think the the leader of the League of Shadows, right? Considering how he was uh, brought into this world, that makes total sense. Yeah, he has a, a he's got a story. <laughs> well, because yeah, he was, he was Robin in the the animated universe. Uh. Like which? Wait, when you say animated, are you talking like Batman the animated series? No, the one I was talking about earlier with like Apocalypse War. Oh yeah, yeah. Then that's totally yeah, that, yeah. They brought in Damien and kind of just start associating him with all all of that stuff. Yeah, because it was Damien. Damien was the Robin. Cyborg was already in the Justice League, so they brought in Blue Beetle, who's great. And mm-hmm. th- I think that was the only change. And like Starfire was kind of the leader from that point. Yeah, because I think because wasn't Damien like he's supposed to be like second wave. Of Titans, and I'm misremembering. I think so. I I, I don't know. There's see, that's the thing. There's so much. It's well, so that's, that's why you pick point. a point and you kind of work around. There. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah, I mean, uh, shoot, that's how it was with me with uh, with DC just in general. I mean, I kind of just had a couple of Batman graphic novels I read, and I was like, okay, I want to know more about this, right. which led me to reading a couple of Justice League things, which I was like, oh, wait, but this character's really cool, and then I, and you're off to the races. Right, like, my introduction was the series. I mean, I, I watched the movies later on, but, like, before that, in the early 2000s, it was... Teen Titans, it was Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and now what's really, like, the new animated series that I really love is uh, Young Justice. I don't know if you've watched Young Justice yet? Uh, not since I brought it back, but I did watch it when it was originally airing, and I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I just started watching it, which is kind of a crime that I hadn't been watching it earlier, but I love Young <laughs> Justice. It's really good. And, oh, yeah, and uh, I was gonna say, like, uh, I know we're kind of just going all over the place with shows that we've either used to watch or currently watching. Um, the thing about love about DC too is that, and this isn't to knock Marvel, but I've noticed Marvel doesn't like a thing. They don't really pay, not pay attention. It's not the right word. Um, if something's really catching on, like let's say in their animated department or in their TV show department, you don't really see that get incorporated into the movies or into the comics. It's only whatever the MCU is doing. Whereas right. with DC, the Teen Titans cartoon, that cartoon is the reason why Cyborg became a founding member of the Justice League. That's true. It was because of the popularity of that show. Yeah, and he, he deserved it too, because he's one of those characters that kind of didn't get the credit that they deserve for a really long time. Exactly, and especially with the way that, and not only was he a founding member, it was like, no, the, the team would not work without him. He was not on there as like, I don't know, like a mascot or something. Mm -hmm. uh, or, of course, the biggest example of all that anyone with even slightly, like, even casual knowledge is that Harley Quinn started in the Batman animated series. Right. She was, I believe, like, in a completely original edition of that show. I don't know yes. if they even have... She was not in the sketches. comics whatsoever. Yeah, they didn't even have, like, a sketch for her, I think. <laughs> they just created her, and now it's, you know, she's Harley Quinn. <laughs> She's, She's one of the shield. single most popular comic characters in the entire industry. Even if you throw in manga, just ever. Yeah, no, she's a huge deal. And I'm, I love that character. But what was yeah. the, I was going to say something. Oh, uh, Cyborg. Have you seen the new Doom Patrol series? I have not. It's so, so, so good. So it's Cyborg's in that. He gets introduced because originally when I heard he was in it, I was like, that's a strange choice. But they use him exactly as how they should use cyborg and he's fantastic they really explore his like relationship with his dad and i i love yeah. the whole storyline that they have going there and also another addition doom patrol is one of my favorite shows i love doom patrol so much and, and it's resurrecting brendan fraser's career and i can get behind that 100 percent. he is amazing as robot man <laughs> yeah like I said, if, it, if it brings his career back from the dead Please, please. I miss that man so much. <laughs> we all do. I'm really glad he's back, but he's great in it. And um, God, there's so many, there's so many actors in there that I'm like, I feel so badly that I can't just name them off the top of my head. Cause I'm like, I love doom patrol. And then I'm like, Ugh. Oh, <laughs> but we keep up with that and Marvel. And every so often you'll see like a independent uh, comic get turned into a show like uh, the boys or preacher I mean, there's a ton to keep up with. Some a few some information is going to fall through the cracks. 
Also, The Boys is like a huge, huge parody of everything pretty much involved to like DC. Like if you look at the seven, they're they're the Justice League. Oh, absolutely. The guy in charge is like the super just like Homeland. Once again, words I can't say on here. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's totally evil Superman. And he's great at it. The actor they chose, Anthony Starr, is really, really scary. <laughs> I will say, though, the way they act too with like crime and everything, I was like, I'm watching the crime syndicate. Oh, yeah. this is. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much the perfect way to encapsulate that show. And I, it's kind of like the, um, the crisis on two Earths where it's like Owlman and Ultraman and all like mm-hmm. the, the opposites of all the DC heroes because like, you know, in a, in a perfect world, superheroes would be exactly like the Justice League or like the Avengers. Mm-hmm. But that's not how people are. And I, exactly. I love the way that they explore that because it's just so interesting. Yeah. And and on that's actually unintended good segue. Uh, part of the reason why for myself, I like DC a lot is they tackle issues like that, that Marvel... I mean, Marvel does tackle it. I mean, it's a big reason why I love the X-Men. That they will tackle tough issues that sometimes you're kind of shocked that a comic book is even, like, trying to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just DC will do it more often. Uh, but it's not shocking to me that, like, when you look at your top three heroes for Marvel, you have Spider-Man, who is, like, the perfect everyman that deals with just regular corruption and just between people and on the city level, the X-Men, I mean, Stan Lee straight up admitted that uh, Xavier Magneto, his inspiration, his inspiration for those two characters was Dr. King and Malcolm X. Yeah. That's a perfect way to describe him. Exactly. Two guys with the same goal, but going through them with drastically different means. And And, uh, making like Magneto too. Like, I mean, Magneto has been considered one of the greatest villains ever, and he absolutely deserves that but he's kind of falling yeah. more into the category of like not necessarily an anti-hero, but not as much of a villain as he used to be, especially in the movies that they've made. Like he's way more of like a troubled hero. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of how like with the nineties X-Men uh, series would do a lot is Magneto's not really a hero or a villain. He just has goals. Mm-hmm. And if that just happens to make him a bad guy. So be it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and X-Men, obviously, they deal with all, like, the reason why people can relate to them is, like, if you've ever felt like an outcast or, like, been labeled as other, you can immediately relate to the X-Men, because that's their whole basis of their story. And, of course, Iron Man, some of the best comics about Iron Man was he was struggling with being an alcoholic. Right. And having a father that was never there. Mm -hmm. And... But then it's like they kind of shied away from it. Whereas DC, especially like I think in the past 10 years, especially when very polarizing to say the least, they just went, all right, forget it. We're going to just triple down on just going after dark. Well, not so much dark, but just like topics people can relate to. Right. Whether it be like relationships, uh, drugs, alcohol, bad good parents bad parents uh if you have power and you accidentally screw up like what are the consequences yeah exactly like for instance uh one of the most popular characters if uh anyone's ever stumbled onto the dark knight's metal uh and you've seen guys like 
the Batman who laughs or red death and these crazy horrific versions of Batman. They showed up because Batman built a machine that accidentally brought them to the main universe. Thanks Batman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joker is trying to destroy it and how Jordan's like, wait, don't you want to destroy the world? And Joker goes, this isn't funny. <laughs> the people they're about to bring in aren't funny. It's such an interesting, like, also, I want to talk about the Joker a little bit more. I know that's been kind of a controversial topic over the last, like, several months, especially, I mean, you saw the Joker movie, right? Of course. What'd you think of it? I liked it a lot. I mean, I know it was definitely written to be a Mm -hmm. one-off. So, obviously, they're not trying to, I don't know, trying uh, they weren't trying to set it up for a big universe or for even a trilogy. So they're trying to do a contained story and trying to, it kind of reminds me of like the dark Knight of how can you realistically put realistic or uh, grounding on such a crazy character like Bruce Wayne and Batman. And they're trying to do the same thing with the Joker. Yeah. I'm... And I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? You know, over time, I, I, I think it's one of I really like the way that it was made. I really find it a very interesting movie. It's a little controversial. Um, I think sometimes a little I don't want to say unfairly because I mean, people making these movies know what they're doing, but it feels like a movie that kind of is stuck in the middle of what it's trying to say sometimes. I can see that. I know, like, I think, what was it? I saw articles where apparently psychologists were like applauding it for saying like it actually was talking very candidly and accurately about people who deal with certain issues. Absolutely. Um, and I think that for, for a lot of people, they like, cause it's a tough thing to talk about. Oh it's, yeah. Especially in a mainstream movie too. Like it's, it's going to be very difficult to really nail kind of what that's like and have this person who like the Joker's a villain. It's not even yeah. like up for debate whether or not he's a good guy. Like, <laughs> he's awful. And the movie made him look awful. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's important because it was like the whole time I was just kind of horrified watching him. Like everyone was like, you know, there's some people I've talked to who like, and this, you know, this is just an opinion and I'm not going to say whether or not they're right or wrong, but they're like, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was being told to root for him. And for me, I was like, I did not feel any kind of like sympathy or empathy for what he was going through. Like, yeah, it, it sucks. It's a bummer, but like he did awful things to people. Yeah. I think the way they portrayed it, it reminds me and of a movie that it's not superheroes at all, but it's a movie called the founder that Michael Keaton did. Mm-hmm. That was about how like Ray Kroc stole McDonald's from the McDonald brothers. Yeah. And the way they did that movie was the first half of that movie, you're cheering for him. Mm. And then there's a moment that happens it's almost like I can't remember the line of dialogue that he switches from hero to villain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what Joker did. It didn't take half the movie. It's more like maybe like a fourth of the movie. Joker, you're like, oh, there's the villain. Yeah. And like, it just kept oh. going deeper. Yeah. Cause at first you kind of are cheering for him. So you're like, here's a dude. He's just trying to make a living and, you know, go to therapy and help out his mom and do yeah. stand up. And then, but then there's that moment where you're just like, Oh, there's the bad part of him, and he's openly indulging it, and right. he's not running away from it. He kind of embraced it early on, and especially like 
I I personally like I love the way that this movie's made. I love the way it looks. I well, Joaquin's amazing too. Joaquin oh, course, yeah. absolutely deserved all the praise he got. I think that well, one, mm-hmm. I think the movie won two Academy Awards that it absolutely more than deserved. Um, which says a lot about it because it's a, it's a good movie. You know, it's no movie is perfect, and I really think that a lot of people were especially hard on this movie because you're just it's hard to have one set opinion on a movie like this because it's a very it toes a line and i think think, everyone's criticisms of it are valid because like when you watch it it's like obviously i'm going to see this movie in a different way but if someone else interprets it a different way that's kind of well i mean that one it's perfectly fine but two it kind of makes sense because this is a story that's not typical of what's being told i'm not saying it's like groundbreaking but it's very hard to write a villain as a protagonist. Oh yeah. And it employed the thing. I remember I mentioned of like having the unreliable narrative and at the very end with the twist, when you find out the big twist at the end, you're just like, Oh, and it just makes you question everything. So it's like some people levy criticisms at it of like, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the Joker. I mean, his his famous quote from the killing joke was when he was telling Batman over the intercom, he's like, I I know my past, but it's really painful. So I like to make it a multiple choice question. Exactly. And I think that kind of makes it more interesting, but like, it's kind of hard to cram all of that into two hours. Because Oh yeah. That, that, it was a tall task they had. And I think there was obviously all you gotta do is look at the movie and awards. They succeeded. But that was a tall task. Right. And a lot of the, the problems with that, too, is like it's from his perspective. So I can understand why when someone watches that movie, they can go like, oh, this feels kind of wrong. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, because it's a village and it's a it's a villain origin story. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's so difficult. he's supposed to get worse over the course of the movie, not better. Right. And for some people, they just they're not going to like that. And that's totally fine. Oh, yeah. And that's. uh and I agree with you. Like you don't have to like it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not just any villain too. It's one of the most heinous villains out there. It's not like a, it's not like if they did Mr. Freeze where he actually has a tragic thing where you kind of, even when he's doing terrible things, you're kind of pulling for him. Right. Mr. Villains, uh, uh, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Villain. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's way different because he has something that attaches him to his humanity. Whereas like the Joker like besides Has Dark Side, yeah, he he's the ultimate villain. Like even Thanos is more of a an understandable character than the Joker is because the Joker is just pure evil. Exactly. I mean, it's like the uh, it's like I, was, I know someone's trying to say like we've had all these good interpretations of the Joker, but not a true like we struggle to get a really good interpretation of like a villain like Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. I was like, because the difference is like Joker's just pure chaos. He doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. I mean, it's like in the Dark Knight, dog chasing after a car. He doesn't know why he's doing it. He just does it. Right. It's like you have someone like Luther who's like, he's always 10 steps ahead with you. He can murder someone on stage in front of a crowd of 10,000 people. And then after a five-minute speech, they're all applauding him going, well, that guy must have deserved it. Right. He, I, I love Lex Luthor, too. I don't think he's a villain that's talked about enough. Yeah, I, th- I think it's because like they just see him as like, it's very easy to pigeonhole him as, oh, he's just an evil billionaire. And it's like, he is so much more than that. 
Right. I mean, he's brilliant, but there's there's this. I want to say. Take all the arrogant. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's okay. Go ahead. I was trying to form a thought. Go ahead. Okay. But like he has like take the really witty charm that people love about like Tony Stark, but just put it towards evil and you get Lex Luthor. Because uh, there's that moment, I think, in the Justice League cartoon when Darkseid's fighting Superman and Lex is trying to find a way to how do you beat Darkseid because he's unbeatable. And this guy takes him to, this, to the source wall and he goes, well, with this, you can beat Darkseid. And Luther goes, all right, take me there. And he goes, well, you need a fourth level intellect just to even like go to the wall. And Lex goes, well, then I'm overqualified. Take me. <laughs> he's such a jerk. And I, I kind of love that because it's, there's an interesting thing about him, and like I saw that in like the animated universe too. He's played by Rain Wilson in the animated universe, which is not something I didn't realize I needed. I love it. But I didn't know till you just told me, and now I my mind is struggling to accept this. It's it's amazing. It's a lot better than you think. And <laughs> he plays the character really well, and he also plays the character where it's like he's annoying. Like, he's a jerk. He's Lex Luthor because he's brilliant and he knows that he's brilliant and he likes to rub it in people's faces. But they make him a character that actually has some complexity to him. Like, he's he's kind of a villain, but towards the end of the arc of the animated series, he becomes a hero. Like, it builds to him having a redeeming arc where he ends up doing the right thing. He begrudgingly becomes a hero. Right. He, he's just kind of like, ugh, fine. <laughs> yeah, like when he shows up after he actually resurrects Darkseid, he shows up at Superman's door, he's like, I messed up. Yeah, he's like, oopsie. <laughs> and Superman's like, what did you do? He's like, I, I, I made a, I did a real bad. Where have you been, Lex? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's it. I really like the, um, I really, really like the Smallville. Uh, presentation of him i really liked that mm-hmm. i haven't seen smallville in years but i do remember liking the lex luther that they chose and yeah i'm, I'm hoping and, to see more of lex luther in the future yeah and of course i brought him up i know it seems like that seems like a weird like rabbit trail from joker but it's like i brought him up because you're saying like joker's a complex villain that makes people uncomfortable when you portray him correctly lex is the same way but just very different mm-hmm. and it's just a situation of if you were to make like a Lex Luthor movie, you should hate his guts oh, yeah. by the time it's over. Yeah, he's so You should be him. like, oh yeah, it, it, he has the, it's like a, it's like a good wrestling villain. He has a punchable face and you're like, please, if no one else will do it, I'll go punch him. Honestly, I'd like to see DC and like Warner Brothers do a, like a spinoff. Well, okay, actually that might be a little more difficult. But something with Lex Luthor focused on like his backstory and like how he kind of comes to be, I think that could be really interesting because a lot of people are like, I want to see Scarecrow, I want to see Bane, and it's like, but I kind of want to see something more than a Batman villain because Batman obviously has amazing villains, mm-hmm. but seeing a Lex Luthor movie would be well, really interesting because it'd kind of be like the social network on steroids. Yeah, well, the crazy part too is people forget Lex grew up poor. Yeah. He, he comes from a like, I mean, it's if it wasn't for the fact that the how or the apartment they had uh, had a roof and a and a floor, they would not have they would not have had a roof and floor. They were that poor, right? They and couldn't. I, oops, sorry. Yeah, and he. Sorry, it's okay. Uh, and he just and he basically murders his way to the top. 
So it's like take social network, throw it in with House of Cards, and you get Lex Luthor. You get a big bald scary man. <laughs> yeah. And like and he epitomizes the phrase from Dodgeball is like, I'm better than you, and I know it. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> but he is that cocky of like, God help you if you land a punch that makes him bleed or gives him a bruise. I would love to see, you know, who's another villain I really like kind of in the same vein. Cause I'm now I'm on a roll of like talking about like standalone villain movies that DC could get away with. I would love to see Atrocitus. Oh my gosh. Or Sinestro. Preferably so Nestro, I think, could work because he starts off with hero. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's actually way better because like Atrocitus is interesting because he's always been commonly like more portrayed as a villain. And you would definitely get an R rating because, I mean, like the rage, like the Red Rings and the Red Lanterns are intense oh, yeah. and They're, fueled by hate yeah. and rage and blood. And Yeah. When you're foaming blood, when the ring is working correctly, that's R. Yeah. I, I think, well, they'll probably find a way around that when they eventually bring the red lanterns into the movies and TV series, but I think Sinestro would be interesting because that's like a perfect example of like, you're on his side and then you see him descend into becoming a villain. And I would love Mm -hmm. to see that because Sinestro is amazing. He's one of my favorite villains. Oh yeah. And he, he's one of the best of like, and even when he becomes a full on villain, he still thinks he's right. Right, and that's what makes such a great villain. I mean, like, the Joker obviously is a little different because it's like, he believes that what he's doing is right as well, but it's kind of harder to fully understand that. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, Sinestro, like, you can understand, because he used to be a hero. Mm-hmm. And he was I, one of the best Green Lanterns. He was until Hal Jordan came along. Yes. Hal Jordan is considered, I think, the greatest Green Lantern in history? I think so, and when you look at the things he's pulled off... He earned it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about like how Jordan is so interesting, especially as a character, is he became Parallax. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Which is frightening. I don't <laughs> like a lot of people probably but, like who've seen the Green Lantern movie. Like they remember Parallax is like this giant fart cloud, which is not yeah. Parallax at all. That's they did to him what the second Fantastic Four movie did to Galactus. They did to him what Taco Bell does to me. So, <laughs> we'll just put it that way it's it's not it's just not right and because parallax is an amazing villain but it's it's hard to i admire that they tried but i think that starting with him was not the right call because he's a villain you have to build up with yeah it's like with avengers you don't start with thanos you work your way up to that right i mean it would be cool though and like i am you know I, i'm i was stoked originally to hear that like parallax was going to be in the movie but I'm I'm hoping that, you know, when they reboot the series and restart, like we get to see Parallax as absolutely terrifying, which he totally is. And he, he's very different looking from the the, the cloud. <laughs> yes, got. no. And the same with Galactus. It's like he's not a cloud. Yes, his, the giant tuning fork helmet looks weird, but come on. <laughs> Literally, it was like a storm cloud. It was just like, here I come. And I was like, that's not Galactus. <laughs> Especially like in the comics, and they said like Galactus, like when he shows up, he is such a terrifying presence. People just naturally think he looks like either an alien or like their god, right? And so they 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 accept the fact that he's about to destroy the planet. And it would be interesting because like Galactus as a villain, like yeah, you know, some superhero outfits look kind of ridiculous. Like Scarlet Witch's original like outfit is very oh, yes. very different from what it is now, but. Mm-hmm. 
the thing is, is like, if we're worried about him looking too ridiculous, there's a movie with a guy riding a silver surfboard who is basically like the <laughs> right hand man of space devil. Yeah. And he's riding a surfboard. Like it's, we got to lean into it a little bit. And I, I think that they're going to do that. I'm just like, it's just oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> well, to get back, we were talking about earlier, like Marvel, I mean, a DC for a while was trying to copy Marvel. Yeah. And so like, I think now they understand, like, we have our own thing. That's okay. They're, the market is big enough for both of us. Oh, yeah. And if we, if we give them enough good stuff, if we give them exactly what they're looking for, it's not going to be so much a competition as much as it's going to be payday every single time that they release something. <laughs> no, exactly. And and it was seen with, like, okay, uh, like I so said, I know we're been rambling on DC, but just my one big issue with Marvel that I know a lot of people have with the MCU is how everything is bland and kind of blurs together. Mm-hmm. And it's true. There's a reason why to this day, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise, the best MCU movie is Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's a they basically wrote it to almost be a standalone and it had its own unique thing. And it actually, once again, as I said earlier, touched on something relatable, and that is when S.H.I.E.L.D. was surveying people, saying we have to take away people's privacy to protect them. Mm-hmm. And Captain America's looking at him going, uh, you sound an awful lot like a certain man in Germany we fought. That's true. I mean, that is a great movie. I, I did really like Winter Soldier, but I, you know, I'm kind of privy to, like, Thor Ragnarok. No, that, that movie is great, too. And also the Guardian series is really, really interesting because it looks, not only does it look different from the other other Marvel movies, but it's also, it just feels more, there's a lot of heart to it, I think, that it... Yes, and it sticks out for that. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not missing from everything else, but it's just more potent, I think, in that movie. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, And Marvel, I think, and this isn't to say, like, the Marvel movies are bad. They're not. There has never, none of the MC movies are truly bad. The closest you get... Is he Edward Norton Hulk? That one's still okay. I I, but, kinda, I had enjoyment out of that movie. I I think that they did a lot of interesting things with it at points. Yeah, but like uh, and Marvel overall, they've noticed like when they saw the success of Guardians and of Thor Ragnarok, they're like, oh, people like movies that have their own flair. It's like, well, duh, yeah. people don't like if if we want to go watch the same thing over and over again, that's called a TV show. They'd rather do that and. I say all this to go back to like with DC is that they realized, Oh, not everything has to be the dark Knight or dark Knight rises. You can have wonder woman that was phenomenal. And it was very much like the golden age where she was running around, like saying, Hey, y'all need help. I'm going to help you because that's what good people do. And you can have the dark movie like a, I mean, like a dark movie like The Joker. And then you can have a movie that kind of plays in the middle with lighthearted and dark with Shazam. And they're realizing we can do all of it. There's nothing wrong with that. What right. people care about is it, is it good? Is it entertaining? And then am I enjoying myself? Right. And I kind of want to commend both like Marvel and DC. Like, I mean, I'm going to talk more about DC in this, but like Marvel, it's very smart what they did with the MCU because I mean, people are going to give them flock for a long time. And like, it's kind of pretentious sometimes to say that they're like 
you know, it's like they're not cinema and it's like, well, it's different kind of cinema mm-hmm. and they stick to the formulas that work because, well, number one, they're a business. And if you, if something's working, why would you change it? <laughs> when every movie you make is making a billion dollars, like why stop? Right. And like some people might, you know, like I understand, like sometimes I'm just like, you know, it, it doesn't feel like I'm seeing anything new, but it's characters that I care about. And I, appreciate that i'm able to see them all on the same screen together and that i can see them all in the same movies well understanding that it's also based on comic books and they can do whatever they want with it yes and that's that's the brilliance i agree right and the thing i want to talk about with dc is i really really admire dc for what they're doing and especially with their later movies i'm gonna yes go ahead and phrase it that way but (laughs) (laughs) they realized rather quickly and i want to say was probably around the time after justice league where they're like what do we have to lose like Mm -hmm. why don't we just make movies or allow people to make movies like obviously they have to find some kind of they have to follow some kind of guideline there has to be a through line yeah right like it's you know there's a plan in place and you know it's when you're trying to build a universe without directly building a universe you have to follow certain bullet points but they're starting to tell stories that are individual to all the characters that they have there instead of just you know jumping to the next movie because it's hard to build a universe oh it is i mean it's super difficult yeah what what the mcu pulled off will always go down in cinema history as just an absolute like just i'm trying to think of the right word groundbreaking huh it's yeah it's groundbreaking yeah absolutely it just no one thought because like people like Hollywood, people have a short attention span. There's no way people are going to stick on board with you for 10 to 12 years. Not true. And they did. <laughs> oh, it's it's amazing what they've done with it. And I I really want to commend DC. And like I was talking with uh, one of my my friends about this, who's also a filmmaker. And he was saying, like, you know, like, I'm obviously I'm going to support Marvel. I'm I'm looking forward to what they're doing. But, you know, we don't really have an idea, you know, when you know, what's coming next. It's hard sometimes to say, and what they've pulled off is really interesting, but I'm super, super excited for DC the most because they're taking things in a different direction. Like, have you seen Birds of Prey yet? I, I know we probably talked about this. Oh, no, we, we mentioned almost every podcast and every time I feel bad, I'm like, no. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm just curious if you've seen it yet. But I need to, it's on Redbox now. I have no excuse. I need to go just pay the dollar. Dude, you'll, you'll like it. I think... And I know that some people don't like it, which, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's fine. I I was a little worried when I was first, like, looking at because I was like, fingers crossed. I was like, I really want this to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I, I'm always going to support DC because it's something that, you know, like, raised me. I just hope <laughs> that, you know, whenever stuff comes out, I'm like, I want to be head over heels in love with it like I always am, which is an unfair expectation. But I was really looking forward to like Birds of Prey. I was like, come on, come on, come on, fingers crossed. And I really enjoyed it. It it was a lot of fun. And it was one of those movies where it's like you weren't sure how it was going to turn out. And I I mean, I had faith in it because obviously there's a load of talent behind it. Like like Kathy Ann is really great. And she showed that in the movie. But the fight scenes are excellent. The it's funny. It's probably the funniest DC movie I've seen like shazam's probably my current favorite in the modern like dc outside of the nolan trilogy it's so good (laughs) i love shazam shazam is everything that i can imagine like especially growing up like as a fan of superheroes like shazam is perfect and yeah i love shazam 
but Birds of Prey is a lot of fun in a different way because it's you know it's obviously more adult. Like there's f bombs, there's blood, there's quite a bit more violence than I'm used to. But <laughs> in like a superhero <laughs> movie, at least I should say. And, oh yeah, I mean yeah, there's expectations of the genre. Right, but I I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Like I walked out of there and I was like, you know, that was a lot of fun. And it it didn't, you know, like a lot of people were like unsure what to make of it because a lot of people aren't as familiar with the Birds of Prey. But uh, I've heard, I've heard conflicting things like what hurt it is that one. Uh, I think when they heard Birds of Prey, because I heard originally they wanted to make it the Gotham City Sirens, which is Harley, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman, mm-hmm. and then they say, oh, it's Birds of Prey. And I'm like, well, okay, so Catwoman's out. But I might mean to do Zatanna. Which I'm like, that's fine. But then in, you see the poster and it looks like it's like, you know, you see all the characters. And you're like, oh, there's all these characters. And they've only actually, only one of them have actually been in a previous movie. So that means you got to spend time to establish all these people. Right. And uh, I think the other thing too is that there are some interviews where they're like, this is a super like, empowering movie and i think people were worried that it was gonna be very like it's gonna talk down to you and be condescending trying to push a mole in your face so like kept a lot of people from going to see it it's not though like all those things and i I can tell you right now that it it really does not fall into that and i you know a a lot of people i think may be worried about that but the thing about this movie is just just, it's a lot of fun (laughs) it's a great movie that has a lot of great female characters from DC's catalog. I think it should have been presented as a Harley Quinn movie because it's completely a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, and and I think some people were shocked at that too. Just call it the Har- like I mean, of course I know how that ridiculously long subtitle, but uh just call it like the Harley Quinn movie or something and then after you introduce all those people, then this the follow-up could have been Birds of Prey or Gotham City Sirens or whatever direction you wanted to go. Right. Or you could I mean, they changed the title. Well, they didn't change the title, but for movie theaters, they put it as Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, which that's enough. Which, like, Harley yeah, Quinn that's and the Birds of Prey. All, literally all you need to do. That's all, <laughs> that's all it takes. And I, I think that, you know, I kind of admire that they push forward with Birds of Prey because I do love the Birds of Prey and I think they're really interesting. And I think that this movie, honestly, I think this movie was kind of a win because obviously it's it's not the highest grossing in the DC like cinematic universe. That's still Aquaman, and it's amazing. Right, and I love Aquaman for that. A lot of people don't like Aquaman, but it's okay for you to be wrong. That's how you learn. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing with Aquaman, too, is like Aquaman was kind of like the big jumping point because people were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because everything was different. Like, even if people don't like it, which that's fine. Like, you know, it's kind of cheesy. It's Aquaman. Like, you're going to get It's like Ant-Man. Come on now. Right, it's kind of crazy, and there's there's a time when they're rising out of the ocean and they're playing a Pitbull song, and I just was laughing so hard. Like it was probably like two straight minutes. Like this Pitbull song is playing in this this packed theater that I'm in, and it's just dead. Like you know, like there's not no one's really talking or anything like that. And then this Pitbull song starts playing, and five seconds later, you just hear me in the back like <laughs> just laughing. Oh, I, like, I couldn't that's amazing together. and i loved it so it still fits for me every time i show someone that movie i was like oh get ready the pivot <laughs> <scene> is coming <laughs> at that point you got to be self-aware when you're doing that kind of stuff because it's james wan because they asked him they're like hey uh so uh pitbull 
And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I did that on purpose. Like, that's 100% my doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's self-awareness. You don't do that accidentally or do that thinking, oh, people will take this seriously. Right. And the cool thing about that movie is, like, it's bright and colorful, <laughs> bright and colorful in its own way without trying to copy anything else. Because it's Aquaman. It should be bright and colorful. Like, do you want to go see an Aquaman movie where it's, like, seas of darkness the whole time and, like, everyone's sad? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Not everything has to be the Dark Knight. You don't need dark, brooding. Not everyone has to be Batman. Right, or uh, Henry Cavill's Superman, which I, okay, I'm just going to come out and say I love him. I really like Henry Cavill as Superman, which I don't think is a controversial opinion. I also really like Man of Steel. Hey, I I did too. I was kind of to this, well, we're at the point now where people don't really talk about it much anymore but years ago when it was still like fresh yeah i was i I was defending it regularly right because everyone i mean a good way to put it one of my writing partners he put it to me he's like it would be a really really great batman movie (laughs) which is not exactly wrong because it is like superman's known for being this bright hopeful character and man of steel is only half that because there's moments of like the thing I liked about it was it I kind of appreciated that it took the route that maybe like would have made it a little bit more difficult because it's not the Superman that we know. If I would say it's almost the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside well, of him like, you know, he's not cold-blooded murdering people, but we'll get to that. We'll get to <laughs> we'll get to the whole ending of that movie. But I kind of wanted to see a character that goes from want having the power to help people, but not knowing what to do. And I think yeah. they encaptured that relatively well. Like it's pretty obvious that he was supposed to be Jesus. I mean, he can't, but he can't start there because then there's no character growth. Right. If he's just like, he shows up and he's like, yippee ki I'm Superman and everything's great. Like it would be the Superman we know, which I mean, oddly enough, is the Superman in justice league. <laughs> he's yeah, that's why when people got mad about that, I'm like, but it's accurate. Like you have to choose. You can't have <laughs> both of them. You can either have the dark one or I understand that you have to develop it over time. That part makes sense. But like, and I've talked to people about that. They're like, yeah, like I don't mind that. I just wish that it had, it had been done a certain way. Fine. But then there's people who are like, I don't like dark Superman. And then he comes out and he's like, you know, dropping quips left and right. And, you know, absolutely just, delivering a stone cold destruction move to Steppenwolf and everyone's yeah. like oh I don't like bright and cheery Superman I'm like well what do you want <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna click I apologize to all of our headphone users yeah don't <laughs> <laughs> if you still if your ears are not ringing like a flash grenade went oh uh, I might have to I might have to put a warning in it I just got super <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, I'll take over for a second. Uh, what? That's gonna uh, be fun to edit because I'm gonna look at that, and it's just gonna be all this normal audio, and then this just extreme clip, <laughs> like, <laughs> me losing my mind over Superman. Oh yeah, no, like I dug it because it's just the reason I liked Man of Steel is because I think it was my because I was in college when that movie came out, and my professor who is. Uh, I don't know if he's still at the college or not. I think he is. But he was the head of the cinema, cinematic arts department. 
and his specialty is writing. And he was talking about it. He goes, what he loved about Man of Steel is that it was the first Superman movie to treat Superman as an actual alien. I know. Like proof, like it, it took the third encounter, like the third close encounters of the third kind approach of, oh my God, we're not alone. And the aliens are way better than us. Right. Cause he's literally like, I mean, Zack Snyder, a lot of people kind of give him flock for a lot of things, but he is really good at creating like beautiful visuals. And I think that like, even though the, the symbolism is very in your face, it's like, you know, like when people have like photos of their kids in their walls and they're like, look at my kids, look at my kids. It's kind of like, yeah. look at my Jesus, look at my Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I yes. mean, it's, but it's portrayed beautifully. And, you know, for some people it doesn't work, but I, I actually really like Zack Snyder's visual style. I think that he has a lot of talent there and I kind of appreciated it because I love the original Superman, but this is something different for me. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, and the thing, and I know my sister who is a giant Superman fan, probably bigger than I am, which is saying something will chew me out if I don't mention this, but you talk about the Christopher Reeve Superman or if people watch like the various TV shows that Superman's had over the decades and choosing which one's your favorite. The thing about the Henry Cavill Superman, when he destroys the first of the two Kryptonian ships that are like destroying the earth, the one I think that was in India, uh, when he's in the middle of the beam and he's looking up, I think it's only like two frames, but they superimposed Christopher Reeve's face over Henry Cavill's Hmm. for like two frames. And it was to reference the fact that he's turning into the big blue boy scout. Right. I mean, and this is my personal opinion. Like I can understand like some of the criticisms of that, but like I kind of wish, and this is like my one kind of wish for that movie that I wish that they had included. I really wish that he hadn't gotten the suit until the third act. Yeah. Like maybe he was just using regular clothes and getting them torn up or whatever. Right, like after Smallville is when he should have gotten the suit, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that would that would work, especially like with the brick to the head subtle symbolism Snyder was using. Right, which it's not like it would it would have worked then. Yeah, I'm fine with overt symbolism. I I don't really care. Sometimes it can be frustrating, but I, you know what, this is this is our podcast, and I can say what I want. So <laughs> I like Man of Steel and I don't mind the really aggressive symbolism of Superman as Jesus because, well, he kind of is Jesus. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Or let's put it wrong with that. I mean, even historically, like Superman was created by two Jewish, uh, two Jewish men that were clearly, and they, I think they admitted they were like, yeah, this guy is being portrayed to look like Moses of yeah. leading to lead the people like, like Moses. And of course, you know, and from the Christian's perspective, of course you can clearly, like you said, put the Jesus symbolism, symbolism on him. Not that difficult. Fine. Cause he is, cause it's like people have talked about and quick little segue for me or not segue, like rabbit trail. Superman is my number one hero. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because Superman, his goal is so much noble is not nobler is not the right word, but it's, it speaks volumes about his character because for instance, uh, characters like Batman and Iron Man, they keep the status quo. 
or like in Iron Man's case, he's going to fix the world in his image. Superman, uh, his goal is he wants the world, he wants to live in a world that no longer needs him. Right. And there's just something about that. I was just like, I'm all about you. That like, you won me over with that. Like your goal is to no longer be needed because you've taught people to just treat each other a little bit better. And one thing that I kind of want to like conclude on with that, like I think, you know, in conclusion for this, I Superman's probably easy top five, potentially top three, maybe top four for me. <laughs> I love Superman, and I used to not like Superman all that much because one of the common complaints is like Superman is way too powerful, which he totally is. I'm not going to lie to you. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to write for someone like that who's just so overly powerful to the point that like you can literally throw a planet at him and he's just like, (laughs) yeah, that that can kind of annoy some people. I get that. But I think that one of my favorite things about Superman that I think people are really starting to kind of, I don't want to say get, but like really fully understand is that what makes Superman a hero is not necessarily the fact that he's the strongest being in the universe. It's that he always takes the high road and always does the right thing beyond himself like he's clark he's clark kent and like i mean a lot of people are gonna be like well he's superman it's like no like his mask is kind of superman he Mm -hmm. which it sounds so cliche but he's truly clark kent like the people that raised him were amazing wonderful people and that's who he wants to be he looks up to those people because he wants to be a good person and he wants to use his powers for good which is really, really difficult, especially when you have the power to crush matter in your hands, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, comic book accurate Superman can literally see the atoms floating around in the air. Which is too much. Like, I, and I kind of appreciated that they explored that in Man of Steel. We're going back to it again. I think we should do our own <laughs> episode about Man of Steel and just kind of talk about it so we don't make this whole episode about Man of Steel. But that's fine. I would love to see more of his struggle with having near omniscience yeah and i think the the way i heard it put once and at in all places it was for death battle which is a youtube channel where they get two fictional characters have them fight to the death of who would win and he did the obvious fight that everyone online always wants to see and that's goku versus superman always superman i mean superman won they did even did a rematch and he won again but um yeah, it, 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 and he has the word super in his name. Right. But um, they said that like what makes Superman is not, it's not the powers, it's not the, because like you said, because he's near omnipotent, like his whole thing is about, that's why he doesn't wear a mask, because his whole thing is about being a symbol. It's about showing people the right thing can be done, that you can be as powerful as he is, but you still want to do right by people. Right. Being a leader and not always having to be the center of attention. And one one thing I kind of like about that, like I kind of want to praise Justice League on that because Joss Whedon does seem to understand Superman quite a bit in that regard, in that he um, definitely seems to really understand the the whimsical. OK, whimsical is a weird word. <laughs> he <laughs> understands the the inherent good of what Superman wants to be and like when he shows up and obviously like he lays the smack down on, on Steppenwolf in that scene, 
like he just kind of whoops him around and then the next thing he does is go okay how can i help and yes. like, i love that about it. that it's such a small thing but it's really perfect to what his character is supposed to be like you know he's not the pinnacle of everything oh, yeah. but he is in the best possible way the he's the big blue boy scout he's yeah. the it's good a, in the world like good can always triumph it's just we have to find our own way to be superman and i think that's really really interesting yeah and i and i think that's where the movies have struggled is that they're trying to they they try to write him in a way where they're trying to make him an which is it can be done but there's only very very few villains that can actually make him an under zod being one of them Mm -hmm. and the rest of the time the villains, and this is what makes Luther so good, because Luther knows he can't beat Superman in a 1v1 fight. He's not stupid. So he puts him in a, he tries to put him in an unwinnable moral conundrum. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the true character of Superman. And uh, what was seen by that is like recently in the comics, they had this thing called Doomsday Clock. Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen was basically messing with the DC universe because he somehow got out of the Watchmen universe, and now he's just messing with the DC universe because he's bored. Right. And um, As we all do. As you do when you're basically <laughs> a god. And uh, the one character he couldn't see beyond was Superman, and it terrified him. Because he's like, does this mean he's going to kill me? Do I kill him? What's going to happen? And Superman finally confronts him, this Dr. Manhattan's been like messing with the timeline of like Superman's parents dying in a car crash. All this weird stuff was happening to him because Manhattan was trying to break him. He's like, what is your purpose? What are you going to do to me? And Superman confronts him and Manhattan goes, okay, so if you're going to kill me, take a shot. And Superman goes, I just want to talk. And Manhattan doesn't know what to do. He's like, what, what do you mean you just want to talk? No, you don't. I want to zap me with your eyes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I've ruined your life, and you just want to talk to me? Well, and Superman goes, fix it. yeah. I love that about and him. It, yeah, and that, that, that just spoke volumes about him, and it showed Manhattan how to be a true hero. Because mm-hmm. uh, like being a hero does not mean you just throw, um, kind of like when people say, like when you try to throw money at a problem and doesn't fix it, you don't throw power or abilities out of problem until it fixes itself because it's, it's not going to. Right. And I, I don't know. I think we should talk more about like Superman and man of steel. Like we could do, we could honestly have our own episode about Superman. And I think that we should do that in the future. What do you think, Caleb? I am completely okay with that. Cause I'm like you that I grew up not liking him for all the like, well, he's too strong and blah, blah, blah. And having to come around to him the same way you did. So, it would be quite the conversation. I agree, but I think that that's going to be all for us today. And we're looking forward to talking more about this in the future. Like, obviously there's plenty of stuff for us to talk about, but thank you guys for joining us today. And yeah, thank you for being a part of the internet world order. And we're looking forward to having more episodes with you guys. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to share this with your friends and stream it as much as you would like to listen to us. Cause we have plenty of topics <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Of course. And once again, we welcome any and all feedback because believe me, we want to make this the best that it can be. And we won't know what that looks like unless we hear from you guys. So please send your feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, please, please be brutally honest. And also another thing that I wanted to talk about 
Uh, Caleb and I are thinking about expanding our podcast onto other platforms. Right now, we're currently on Spotify, but we will keep you guys updated, and we look forward to having more platforms for you guys to access. And yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, so just uh, stay tuned, and we will have plenty of more things to talk about. All right, and once again, thank you guys for joining the Internet World Order. I'm Austin Cook. And I'm Caleb McElmore. And we will see you guys later. See you guys.